We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody welcome in trevor lane here for lakersnation.com your home for everything lakers welcome into our twitter spaces if you're listening to the podcast version of this welcome in from apple podcast spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts we're going to talk some lakers basketball here we'll talk a little bit about trades we'll talk a bit about free agency we'll also chat uh, a bit about the nba finals as well may have a few people from lakers nation stopping by to uh to chat here as we go through but a lot to get into. I mean, this is this is a busy time of year. I've been talking about this quite a bit. That right now, the uh, the Lakers are in a spot where we know moves are coming. It's coming, and I think as soon as the finals end, we're going to see stuff start to really pick up, and we're going to be able to uh, get in some things here. Um, joining me right now, I've got Daniel Starkan, editor extraordinaire from LakersNation.com. Daniel. How are you doing? Hey, Trev. I'm, I'm doing all right. I've uh, I've actually been dealing with COVID this week, but luckily the, the symptoms have been pretty minimal. But I'd say I've just been driving myself crazy sitting in my room for, you know, four straight days here. But um, other than that, doing well, ready for, uh, you know, the draft, free agency, all that stuff to start picking up. It's been a long offseason, it feels I, like. <laughs> I, I heard, I was talking to Ryan from Lakers Nation last night, and he and he had mentioned that. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, what he from what he had shared with me, you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, he's going a little bit stir crazy. Is that is that? Accurate? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah he actually he has it too right now, and his he he's got it a lot worse than me. So I'm not gonna sit here and and complain or anything. <laughs> I, my, my symptoms have been very very minimal. Well, good. That's that's good yeah. to hear at least, right? Yeah. And good that, that that you haven't had anything major going on there. And uh, the Lakers, man, I mean, this is – I've been talking to a lot of people about this, that it feels like right now this is the calm before the storm. And I think part mm-hmm. of that is the NBA Finals. We saw a trade go down last night. Yeah. But typically during, in the NBA you see things kind of be quiet while the finals are still going on. And then as soon as the final end, finals end, it's like the damn bursts and we get this just, just tidal wave of – trade talks and free agency and all, all kinds of stuff start coming out. So I know right now we're in the calm before the storm and things are going to get crazy really soon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, I don't know, like feels like these finals, like longer than any finals ever. Like there's like two off days between each game. So it feels like there's dragging it on and on. So I feel like all like the other teams are just like, can we just like get this over with already? Cause we know they've been talking. Like we know, uh, you know, there's there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we're not necessarily privy to. Obviously, we see as soon as, you know, free agency starts and stuff, like guys agree to deals like within minutes. So uh, we know the tampering that goes on. We know the trade, dis- the, you know, discussions that go on. You mentioned there was a deal last night. I haven't really, I don't know, I feel like we haven't seen too many deals happening during the finals. So that was, that was kind of weird, but uh yeah, I would, I would expect, you know, as soon as, uh, you know, the finals end and, and now the draft is a week away, uh, things should start to definitely pick up. Yeah, it certainly will. Um, and like you said, what's crazy, and when I think about that, it, it it's a little bit 
nuts when I stop and think about the fact that a lot of what we're going to get into over the next few weeks, free agency and everything, some of that is already decided, right? Because, yeah. because like, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be nobody can talk until, what is it? It's like 6 o'clock Eastern time on the 30th. Mm-hmm. Used to used to be midnight on July 1st, right? But now it's a little bit earlier. But it used to be like, no, you're not supposed to talk to anybody, right? Because everybody's under contract and it's tampering if you talk and, and all of that. We know, though, that that's not really what happens, that a lot of this stuff is agreed to ahead of time, that conversations do take place, whether it's through back channels or whatever. Sometimes teams get into a little tr- little bit of trouble for it. That's why there's only 58 picks in this year's draft instead of 60, because the Chicago Bulls and Miami Heat lost their second-round picks for uh, negotiating with free agents ahead of time. Um, that was Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry. But it's a little bit crazy to think, like, franchise-altering moves may already have been essentially agreed upon verbally anyway or through back channels. We just won't find out about it for a few more weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think we're starting to kind of see some some tea leaves popping out. I mean, starting with the Wood deal yesterday. I think that deal, like, can't officially, you know, happen until the draft because of the, the Stapian rule. So you start to see some stuff kind of trickle in. We saw Jake Fisher reports yesterday that it's looking like Zach Levine uh, we'll be going back to the Bulls. Then he reports this morning. It's looking like Harden will be going back to the Sixers on kind of a shorter-term deal. So, so yeah, stuff is starting to trickle out already, and I think there's going to be kind of probably, I think, you know, this draft, um, you know, on draft night, it might be like one of the busiest draft nights we've seen in a while as far as, like, moves and, and trades go. Oh, it feels like all the picks are available. I mean, except yeah, for like, right? like the top three. Otherwise, it seems like every team is willing to move off their pick, like the Kings, the Blazers, the, the Pelicans. Like so many teams are willing to move picks. And I think teams have got to be a little, little bit emboldened by seeing what the Mavs got for their 26th pick. You get Christian Wood, an 18-8 and eight guy, for yep. 26 in this draft team. Teams are, you know, I talked to Keith Smith this morning on the front office show, which is going to publish in just a little bit. And and he said he you know, he did a radio hit in uh, Portland this morning, and Blazers people are asking him like, uh, if the Mavs just got Christian Wood for twenty six, what does that mean we can get for no- for number seven? So like, yep. I, I think we're going to see a lot of this stuff going on on draft night. And just to steer the conversation towards Lakers, I've been saying for a while now, like Lakers Nation, don't turn the draft off at the end of the first round. I know a lot of people stop paying attention then. It's the second round where the Lakers are going to make their mark. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, we've already seen, um, you know, uh, we saw there, I think it was Jake Fisher put out a report yesterday that, you know, the Hawks and the Magic uh, and, and maybe the, the Pistons could be teams looking to, to deal second-round picks. We know Rapalinka has said many times the Lakers will be, you know, looking to acquire a pick or two and, and done so well with, with guys late in the draft in the past. So I definitely agree. Uh, you know, even though the Lakers have – zero picks as of now that can change uh you know at any time really and and you know we know that this team uh you know there's no cap space to be had right now so they're gonna need kind of i hate saying you know putting it this way but they're gonna need some cheap labor so they're gonna need some you know some undrafted guys they're gonna need a hit if they you know if they buy a second pick they're gonna need a hit on those guys and and like you mentioned with there being two less picks this year that actually you know benefits the lakers i feel like because We've seen in the past they might you know they kind of have their their pick of the litter when it comes to undrafted guys. So now, now with two less guys getting drafted, those those could be uh, you know guys for the Lakers to take a look at. Absolutely. When we're, when we're talking major change, this is not it. A guy that you're going to find in the second round isn't going to drastically alter right, the fortunes right. of your franchise. But you can find rotation guys if you do it right. I mean, look, we saw with Austin Reeves last year. The Lakers have a history of finding guys late in the draft that manage to be rotation players for them. So. I'm excited to see what they can do there on draft in, in that regard. Um, speaking of that that Christian Wood trade, I, I am still disappointed that the Lakers weren't able to get in on that on that deal. I know fans of 28 teams right now are saying, why yeah. didn't we get Christian Wood for that price tag? I, I was thinking, man, I would have been okay if the Rockets wanted THT and a projected first for Christian Wood. I would have done that. Um, I think they took less than that, but maybe they just really wanted cap room for next year and wanted uh, a first-round pick this year instead of waiting until 2027. And that, that's just going to be the reality of the market for the Lakers. What they have to offer may, it, from team to team, the value 
may not be consistent in terms of what they can actually present. Yeah, yeah, I think I'd say like the overwhelming, you know, reception to that trade was that, you know, the uh, Dallas didn't give up a whole lot. They they gave up the 26th pick and we see in the report like, oh, other players are involved. So we're like, OK, who's it going to be? And then it comes out and it's basically just salary filler. Like they didn't you know give up any rotation players. So it's basically just wood for the 26th pick. Um I'm with you. I mean, we did a video just a couple weeks ago where we kind of came up with with some mock trades for the Lakers, and the one I came up with was it was THT and Kendrick Nunn for Christian Wood. Um, so, so I'm with you. You know, I was all I wanted Wood on the Lakers. I think you know I know he's not exactly a great defender, but I think his ability to stretch the floor um, is something that you know the Lakers uh, you know sorely need. Uh, so I was a little disappointed there. I don't know, you know, I don't know if maybe the Lakers tried and called to, you know, to offer THT and and maybe none or, or or a protected first, like you just said. Maybe maybe you know they preferred the Mavs deal where they could get a prospect this year. I think you know Hughes got two other first round picks, so that'll give them three. They had you know three or four last year, so that that's you know an easy way to restart your rebuild right there. But I, I'm 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 honestly curious, like if the Lakers did make an offer and if so, like do people, I mean, I don't know. Do people consider like THT and none a better offer than the, you know, the one, the 26th pick. Yeah, that's, that's fair to wonder because THT particularly, I mean, contractually he's, he's in a weird spot where he can opt out of his deal next year. And so then you're put in a position where if you trade for THT and he's great, and all he hits on all of his potential. Well, then he opts out. You either have to pay him more or watch him walk away for nothing in free agency in 2023. And if he doesn't hit, then he opts in, and you're probably overpaying him that next mm-hmm. year. So that's that's a tricky situation too with with his contract. Uh, joining us now, we've got Matt, the Optimus Peralta from LakersNation.com. Matt, how are you doing? And uh, are you upset as upset as I am about the Christian Wood trade? I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bummed about Christian Wood, but I just went back and watched Darvin Ham's presser, so I'm I'm okay now. <laughs> so, so how many brick walls have you run through then? If you just watched that presser, I'm at least four or five now. That makes sense. That made that makes perfect sense. Uh, Darvin Ham is that guy that inspires that kind of confidence. We'll see if they run through brick walls or not. There's a Russell Westbrook joke in there somewhere. I haven't found it yet, but <laughs> I was going to say I wish it was uh, Christian Wood running through brick walls for Darvin Ham too, but oh well. Yeah, yeah, it did not go down that way. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers and their situation coming up as far as, as trade talks go, as we've been discussing here. Matt, we've been talking a little bit about the Lakers, their their assets that they have to offer in a deal. And the one thing that I keep keep looking at is – they don't have a lot to send out, but they also don't have a lot of options, right? Like if a team looks at what the Lakers, I, I think THT can be a polarizing player. So if a, if a team looks at THT and just says, eh, he's, he's just okay. He's not really a guy that we really want to go get, then that, that's it, right? It's not, like, it's not like a couple of years ago or last offseason where the Lakers could have said, okay, what do you, know, you want? THT? Do you want KCP? Do you want Kyle Kuzma? Well, THT was signing a new contract. But do you want KCP? Do you want Kyle Kuzma? Do you want Trez? Oh, you don't like the, that guy? Let's try this guy instead. They have lots of different options to turn to. I think that's going to be a complicating factor this offseason on the trade market for the Lakers is that there's just not that many pieces that they can put into a deal. So if a team doesn't like or doesn't have a need for, say, Taylor and Horton Tucker, Hendrick Nunn, there's not a whole lot else the Lakers can do. Yeah, I mean, we've been dangling the same poo-poo platter of those two in the pick for like a year now, right? And no one seems to have bidden or there's no deal out there that the Lakers like that feels like they make them better uh, giving up those assets. So really, to me, the whole situation just comes down to how how willing are you to trade those future first out and, you know, what kind of protections are you willing to put on them to send them out? Um, I don't even know if that's attractive to teams right now because, like I said, some some people want those picks uh, sooner than four or five years out. Um, yeah, the Lakers are in a tough spot. And this is, again, um, Daniel's mentioned it before. I've talked about it a lot. The best way to build this roster out is trading Russ for multiple guys at this point. I, I don't really see another roadmap, really. So that, and that's something that I keep coming back to. Because all we've heard is the Lakers are planning on bringing back Russell Westbrook. 
And I don't think that's out of desire. I think that's out of necessity. I think that I don't think that's what they want to do. I, I can't imagine it anyway. I can't imagine that they looked at last season and they went, sign us up for another season of that. Yes. Let's let's push forward with, with this. I can't imagine that being the case, but I think that's what they have to put out there publicly. And I think it's a real possibility. But I don't I don't feel like this is a hundred percent the path we're going to go down. I still think the Lakers are going to try to make a move with Russ. Whether or not they can actually pull it off is another question. I've been about 75-25. 75% is back, 25% the Lakers trade him. I don't, despite what they've been saying, I just can't see them going through this summer and not making a real concerted effort to move him and see what they can get back and try to add those pieces to the roster. If, if anything, just to just to put together a full roster because filling roster spots this season is not going to be easy in, uh, in free agency. Daniel, what do you, what do you think? Where are you at on the possibility of a Westbrook trade? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think it's going to probably it's probably going to come down to if the Lakers are willing to give up, you know, a pick or two, because to me, I mean, there might be a deal out there like like you could probably go back to the Rockets and, and do the John Wall swap and maybe get away with doing that for a second round pick instead of a first. But to, to me, if you want anything, you know, substantial where you could at least get like a couple of rotation players back, like not even necessarily good players, but like at least playable guys uh, who could fill a role. I would expect you're probably going to have to give up, you know, if one of those future first. And and to me, if you can get like guys that could help you, um, to me, I, I would do it. I think you got to, you know, maximize this LeBron window. Obviously, you still you're still trying to get LeBron to sign the extension. So I guess he's kind of going to kind of wait and going to wait and see what happens. So that's kind of incentive in itself to to be willing to deal that pick to upgrade the roster just so you could get you know a commitment from LeBron. Um, but but to me, I still like I still think if LeBron and AD are healthy, which obviously you know that's a big if. But watching these playoffs, like I don't see any other like duos out there that like are even on par with. Like I still think LeBron and AD are up there with the best duos in the league. So if you could if you could find a way to trade Russ, include you know a future first, and you get two or three rotation players back. To me, I think that's worth it. Let's at, at this point, let's just maximize this window go all in try to make one more run just hope hope those two guys could stay healthy but i just i just don't see unless it's good it's kind of like a staring match i would assume like in the negotiations teams are asking for first round picks as of now the lakers are saying no they're unwilling to do so they're everything they've been putting out for the past like two or three weeks now is is they're keeping russ is that he's ready to buy in to Darvin Ham system, um, you know, I I don't exactly buy that. If I'm being honest, I, it seems like you know they're trying to play whatever leverage they have at this point. Uh, but to me, I think it's ultimately going to come down to if they're willing to include at least one or maybe even two first round picks. Um, you know, to, to to me, I would I would be willing to include at least one if it gets you some role players that could at least help you know give this team one more shot before. Who knows? Maybe LeBron's gone and AD's hurt again, and then you're kind of back at square one. Yeah, it's going to be a tricky spot to uh, to be in for the Lakers for sure, and whether or not they want to surrender those future assets, whether it's draft picks, whether it's cap space, 
that's going to be a critical question this offseason. Uh, bring it in now. We'll bring in a, a guest here, Air Fryer Boy. It looks like like Ryan. How are you doing? Welcome. Welcome. Up. How's it going? How's it going? You guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. So I'm going to take a different approach on this. Um, the Lakers need a win next year or LeBron's gone. Um, he's not going to sign that extension. I keep hearing people saying that we just need to get people to fill these role players with LeBron James. We don't need just role players. We need good basketball players. Okay. Um, he's not, he's not going to go for another season that we had this past season. I believe, um, he's getting older. His son's trying to enter the league. So I think it's going to be more of a personal thing for him. He's, I feel like he's going to try to match up with Bronny more than anything. Um, Russell Westbrook, dude's a head case. Um, he, I don't want to bash Russell Westbrook because, I mean, he is 10 times better athlete than I am. But Russell Westbrook still thinks that he is the 20 year old Russell Westbrook running around on the court when, I mean, he's what, 33? I mean, the the game changes, and you also need to change with the game. So I think, honestly, um, Coach Ham coming in, um, he's going to install that. I've already heard some things of him saying um, such, like how he needs to, you know, be explosive without the basketball. Um, I just feel that we need to head in one direction as a Laker Nation. We need to... Um, if we want to keep LeBron, we're probably going to have to get rid of these picks. We're probably going to have to trade off Westbrook. Um, I just feel like that we are <laughs> – it's going to be a tough season. It's going to be a tough season for us. It's going to be tough to keep LeBron also. I agree. I think that's that's an interesting dynamic, and that's a complicating factor here with what the Lakers do this season. It's – the LeBron situation. It's what do you need to do to make him happy to get him on August 4th to sign that extension? Again, he can't sign it until then, but he could certainly give the Lakers some some hints like, hey, I really like this move or I really don't like this move and, and things like that. But I mean, if you're saying if the Lakers don't move Russ, don't surrender future assets, LeBron is gone in 2023, that again puts even more pressure on the team to decide what they want to do. Again, LeBron's going to be 38 years old this year. Matt, I'll come to you with with this. If LeBron says you have to be ready to trade everything this summer, first-round picks, you got to be ready to trade, do what you have to do to move on from Russ and get me pieces that win right now. Otherwise, I walk in 2023. What do you do if you're the Lakers? Uh, It's a tough spot. Um but I am still kind of on the side where if you have LeBron James on your team, you're never really out of it. Um, so I think if he did come to you and say that, I think you almost have to do it. I know some people in here are probably squeamish thinking about that, but I mean, the reality is, is like once LeBron leaves, like where does that leave the Lakers? Um, that's actually a really good follow-up question, right? Is assuming LeBron leaves after next year or the season after even, um, at what point do you see the Lakers being title contenders again? Probably not for a little bit, right? So yeah, if he comes back to you and says that and you find pieces that aren't just playable guys but are actually good, then I think you have to go, kind of go all in. Because you just never know, too, right? Like, we didn't really expect this season to be so wide open, but here we are. Now, I don't know if it's likely to see that again next season, but you just never know. So I think you take your chances with what you've got and you try to go all in. Well, I think if this was if LeBron was 28 instead of 38, it's an easy yes. It's a yes, no problem. All right, let's let's do this. Whatever you need, LeBron, to put pen to paper on August 4th, we're going to do that, right? But at 38, the reality is that we're nearing. He's going to be 38 in December. We're nearing the end. We're closer to the end than the beginning, certainly, no question. And, and again, LeBron, maybe he's a cyborg, maybe he plays five more seasons, I don't know. But most likely, sooner rather than later, the LeBron James era with the Lakers will come to an end. And that's where it complicates this. If you have to give up everything that gives you a shot at building another, even not, you're not even contender, just quality team in the post-LeBron era, in order to take a chance at winning right now, 
it's it's more difficult decision knowing that the post LeBron era is coming soon and not the post LeBron era could be five, 10 years down the road. So how the Lakers act this offseason, I think as as much as we want to say, oh, it's not really you know, LeBron the Lakers can't even really talk extension with LeBron until August fourth. It's you know, he's gonna stay out of the front office decision making and all of that. That can be the public message out there, but the reality is what LeBron wants, it's going to matter to the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, that doesn't mean they have to listen. They Maybe they decide, you know what? We need to set ourselves up for the future, and we're not going to surrender everything we need to. Right now, we're going to bite the bullet and deal with another year of rust, and then we'll move on from there with cap room and, and all of that. It, they, might, they might decide to do that, but I think what LeBron wants to happen, particularly given his contract situation, is 100% going to matter for the Lakers this summer. And so that's going to be something that we're going to have to keep an eye on as well. Um, Daniel, is there is there a point where we say it's no longer worth it to continue to do whatever it is that LeBron needs? I've been saying this for a bit. At some point, for years now, for what, four seasons now, the best thing for LeBron has, in general, been the best thing for the Lakers. We will hit a time when that is no longer the case. Are we there yet? And how close to hitting that point are we? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we're right there right now. I mean, if you look at it in the cupboard, there's not too many assets left. They do have a couple first, you know, four or five years down the road that they can trade. But, I mean, to me, I guess it, it comes down to, like, what you'd be getting. Like, if you're if you're trading a couple draft picks along with Russ for, like, let's say – the Indiana package where you could get like Brogdon and Heald or maybe Miles Turner, who all three of those guys are maybe a bit injury prone, but they're also pretty good players. They're, they're also pretty young too. And none of their contracts are like outrageous to the point where you wouldn't be able to trade them down the road. So if it's a package like that, like that's something I would consider because that would in theory, like that makes LeBron happy. It gives him some more help to win this season where you know you're you're trading basically every asset you have at that point um so so if it's something like that i would do it but i mean there's <laughs> if it's just like include a first round pick to trade russ for john wall like then then at that point that's when i'm like all right i'm out because that doesn't really that doesn't really make the team you know <laughs> doesn't bring the team from missing the playoffs to championship caliber it also hamstrings your future um, so, so I think it, it would depend on the deal, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not like after what happened last season with the rust stuff, I'm definitely not in the state where it's just like, all right, whatever LeBron says, do it. Um, uh, I, I would not appease to his every, uh, you know, request, but I do think if there's something out there that's reasonable, um, where you could get solid players in return on, uh, you know, probably overpaid contracts, but also, you know, solid enough to where they're tradable in the future, perhaps. Um, you know, I think, I, you know, you might as well go for it at that point. Uh, Air Fryers, is this pretty much what you were saying? Like, if there's something reasonable out there and LeBron wants that, you do it. Or are you of the mindset of whatever LeBron wants? You do it. You make it happen. Whatever future picks, trade them away, because this is LeBron James. <clears throat> um. As of right now, yes. Um, LeBron James is top three best athletes in the NBA right now. Um, you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like it's been done. You know, I didn't want to. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. If 
LeBron James says, go get me Seth Curry. I'm just naming off people. I mean, I know he's not the best. But if LeBron says, go get me Seth and a, like he said, a Miles Turner, you got to go. You got to go do that for him. I mean, because as of right now, LeBron has the organization by the throat. I mean, he is the organization right now. If we, like you said just a second ago, if we lose LeBron, we lose everything. Like, there's absolutely nothing that's going to show for I mean, well, we yeah, we got two championships with him, but when LeBron's gone, LeBron's gone. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's nothing else that we can do, you know? And um, I feel like, as of right now, we need to do everything in our powers to keep LeBron happy, which, I mean, I'm not a mind reader, nothing like that. I think LeBron is okay right now. I don't think he's venturing out looking for other teams, but like I said, I I feel like as soon as these NBA finals are over, if he doesn't see us making strides to be better than last year, I mean, of course, I mean, then, you know, <laughs> he's out of here. Yeah, I think that that's a good point. I want to thank you for for joining us. I uh, appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. You too. All right. I, I think it is interesting when we talk about LeBron. Um, he's not like this. Th- there's the the possibility here of this becoming a LeBron fans versus Laker fans thing. Just like LeBron's best interest and the Lakers' best interest. At some point, those two things are no longer going to align. We're going to see the same thing with LeBron fans and Laker fans. And that's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic changes because the tendency is from the Lakers side of things to say, well, oh, well, why doesn't LeBron just, just commit? Just, just commit and then it doesn't put the Lakers in this tough spot and they can do what's best for the franchise and then off we go. But that's not really in LeBron's best interest. I mean, LeBron wanted moves to be made in the trade deadline very clearly from everything that we heard then and the Lakers said no. So no, and from reports, and again, we've heard multiple things here, so I'm not saying this is 100% verified the truth here, but from reports, LeBron, to some degree, was in on trading Russell Westbrook, pushed for that to happen. And so the Lakers kind of looked at things and said, eh, this is what you wanted, so you kind of clean up this mess. So I don't know what this is going to look like in terms of the Lakers and LeBron this, this offseason. And are they going to be willing to do everything that LeBron wants them to do? And then if so, does that create a divide between LeBron fans and Lakers fans? Like I said, I've always already seen some of that frustration from Lakers fans. Like, why doesn't LeBron just sign up long term? But again, from LeBron's perspective, from LeBron fans' perspective, I think it makes sense if you're LeBron to say, well, you know what? Lakers, you guys didn't do what I wanted you to do at the trade deadline. I'm going to wait, and I want to see what you guys do in July before I commit long-term. And I think it makes sense for both sides, even if it does create a little bit of tension and, and put each other at odds. Um, Matt, is that is that the way you're looking at this, that we may see a little bit of tension between LeBron and the organization here this offseason? I think that can filter down to Lakers fans versus LeBron fans too. Um. I think there can be, for sure. I mean, I personally haven't seen too much um, about LeBron's stance, really, other than he's reluctant or not going to give the Lakers an answer about his commitment going forward. But um, do I see a lot of tension? I, again, it depends on what he asks for, whatever comes out that he's he's looking for the Lakers to do, right? If it's something drastic that the Lakers are definitely not going to do, then, of course, there's going to be tension. But as of right now, everything seems a little rosy for the Lakers. And, and LeBron, at least for a little bit right now, especially with the Darvin Ham hire, he seems to be really behind that. So that's good news. As far as the roster goes, I guess we're just going to have to see in the next couple of weeks. I, I don't really know. I don't have too much of an opinion on it, but I do hope that all this talk about collaborating and being aligned as an organization is going to ring true between LeBron and the team. Yeah, really. I mean, this we, we may be making much of, of nothing here. It could very well be that LeBron's goals and the organization's goals remain in lockstep. That's that's certainly possible. They just they sit down and they say, "Hey, LeBron, we've got this deal on the table." And LeBron says, "Cool, cool. You do that, and I'll sign up long term." The Lakers say, "Cool, done deal." Right? I mean that that's I think that's the the glasses half full approach, right? I mean that that could be the path that we wind up going down. 
Uh, going to the fan line here, I've got Jordan Brenner joining us. Jordan, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. No problem. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what are you What are you thinking about the Lakers right now? Well, what's on my mind now is just, uh, and I'd like your thoughts on this. I think that the general public may be underestimating the power that the Lakers have in attracting minimum free agents uh, this summer. And I think you look back, like some of the guys that the Lakers have attracted the last few years, even though they didn't necessarily pan out with the team, guys like you know Malik Monk or Montrez Harrell, whatever it is, these are high-profile names. Um, I think the value that the Lakers provide with a minimum contract is way more significant than what any other team can provide because just the attention that you get, uh, you know, building a name for yourself, just like think about Kyle Kuzma. I mean, I haven't heard anything about that guy in, you know, ever since he went to Washington, but he's on the Lakers. He's able to uh, make a name for himself, endorsement deals, whatever. So I think the value that the Lakers can provide with a minimum contract is pretty significant. And uh, three names that I jotted down for potential minimums this summer, Otto Porter, Wes Matthews, and Javon Carter. I'm wondering... Speaking my language. I'm wondering what you guys think <laughs> of, of those winged and defensive-minded players that could maybe help the Lakers win next year. Sure. So I, I think we're talking about, uh, well, first of all, I, I think Otto Porter is going to get more than the veteran minimum, maybe a taxpayer mid-level. That that might be a thing. You get around that, that $6 million or so. Maybe you can get him for that. Um, but in any event, Wesley Matthews, obviously Matt the Optimus Peralta, big fan there. He He's going to be on board with that. And Javon Carter has been a guy that's been near the top of my list as well. I think those guys would be just fine as veteran minimum targets. And uh, especially because you've got the link there with Coach Darvin Ham, uh, having experience with them with the Milwaukee Bucks. But I think you bring up a really interesting point here. And Daniel, I want to go to go to you with this. The Lakers have been a landing spot for free agents in years past because they're looked at as potentially a path to a championship. I think this year, I think that Jordan is correct that the Lakers will once again be a landing spot or be a desired destination for guys who are on better minimum deals. But this year, it's not necessarily going to be because they offer a path to a championship. No, instead, it's going to be because they offer a path to minutes and, like Jordan said, spotlight as well. And that is a way to rehabilitate your value. Again, we saw it with Austin Reeves this year, making the gamble that he was going to go with the Lakers rather than get drafted in the second round. He chose to go undrafted so he could become a Laker, gambling that what would happen is that if he hit – it would mean more in purple and gold than it would, frankly, in this scenario, it was in blue and red, in, in Pistons colors. The Pistons were the team that was going to draft him. Uh, Malik Monk, similar situation. Players will look at Malik Monk and say, wow, this guy's going to get paid this offseason because he went to the Lakers and they have an open roster that's got plenty of opportunities on it. That's how I see the Lakers landing better at minimum, guys. Daniel, am I off base on that, or is that how you are also expecting to play out and then from there, who else are they going to get that they could grab for a better minimum? Because this is a pretty shallow free agent class. Yeah, well, for, first of all, Jordan, I just took a little peep at your profile. Looks like you're an announcer for uh, Oregon baseball. Been a big, you know, 24 hours for you guys. Uh, former Duck Tyler Anderson, you know, almost threw. Oh a man, he was nasty. Night. Yeah, so close. when he when he got Trout last night, man, I was fired up. But yeah, Johnny, man, that was that was close. Yeah, so close. But, uh, but yeah, Tre Trevor, actually, uh, I agree with what you said. I think, you know, the last couple of years they've, they've uh, you know, with a lot of their veteran min minimum signings have gone to, like, older type of guys who are, are you know, towards the end of their career chasing, you know, a, a ring. Um, I, w I would expect, <laughs> hopefully, at least kind of a different uh, crop, you know, this year. I think hopefully the Lakers learn from their mistakes of last year and, and they don't sign guys that are strictly – you know, 34 years <laughs> and older. Um, hopefully, you know, we saw they kind of, you know, shifted throughout the season to, to playing the youth more. You know, you mentioned Reeves. You know, they bring in Stanley Johnson, Wenyan Gabriel, and by the end of the season, all of those guys are playing major minutes. So I think they know that they need more youth this time around. I also agree. I think the one thing that the Lakers do have to offer is 
they could offer guys minutes and big roles that they probably wouldn't get, you know, offered elsewhere. Like there's not too many places where you could sign for the veterans minimum and, and perhaps compete for, you know, a, a spot in the starting lineup. So the Lakers do have that to offer. I also think at the end of the day, like LeBron, LeBron's still like a draw. Like there's still plenty of guys in the league that want to play with LeBron. I also think, you know, the Darvin Ham thing, he has a lot of connections around the league. Uh, you know, Jordan mentioned a, a couple Bucks guys, uh, you know, Wes Matthews, uh, you know, the optimist favorite guy. Uh, Javon Carter, like he mentioned, is another guy I would like as a tough, you know, defensive minded point guard. So I definitely think uh, guys who who know the system that Darvin Ham's going to run, like former Bucks players are, are definitely guys to keep an eye out for. But I, I think the biggest thing is the Lakers could offer bigger roles than other teams, which which could hopefully help them get some veterans, you know, minimum guys. But but I think the key is they got to go. They got to go after younger guys this time, not not, you know, the uh, 35 to 37 year old, you know, group. Matt Jordan says Wes Matthews. Daniel says you got to go for younger guys. I would be OK with, with Wes Matthews as one of the guys and then but primarily younger guys. Matt, I know this is your guy. So sell us. Why should they go for Wes Matthews? I mean, I, I'm definitely of the mindset that the Lakers need to get younger. I, I don't think that's a question. And I think they've already spoken about it a little bit, that that's a focus for them. I think, but I don't think you're going to get every young guy on the market at a veteran free agent, at a veteran minimum. There's going to be other teams competing for those players. So I think to target older players like Wes makes a little bit sense, especially if you're just rounding out the roster. I don't expect him to come in and be a starter or play heavy minutes night to night, but I do think he can have a role with the Lakers, especially since we just talked about former players and Ham's uh, with Ham in Milwaukee that fits as well. And I think the thing I keep harping back to is just that I know the shooting is a little bit up and down with Wes, even when he was a Laker and even when he was with the Bucks this past season, but having someone that can take those shots, also someone that can compete defensively is something that I'm really looking for in a role player for the Lakers for this upcoming season. And I think he fits that mold pretty well. I, I And again, I keep harping back to the second round against the Celtics where he was playing really important minutes. It, he's definitely not washed. I think he has um, some of the gas up in the tank, and I'm willing to ride that out. And I hope it's with the Lakers jersey, honestly. So, Jordan, I think Matt brings up some good points there as far as what you're what you'd be looking for and what Wes Matthews can provide. You know, even if he wasn't great with the Lakers the season that he was with with LA, I think he does make some sense here. But but Jordan, let me hit you with this. If you're Rob Palinka and you're looking at what the Lakers have right now on their roster, what is it that you need? What do you what do you what's your if you were to make a list, what's number one on your list in terms of what the Lakers need to go get? whether it's via trade or free agency. I, I just think it's obviously defense. You look at the teams who are still playing right now, the Celtics, the Warriors, yeah, those teams can hit you with a 10-0 run because of their offense, but they can also buckle down and get stops, and that, that's what the Lakers were at their best, and they got away from that yet uh, last year. That's for sure. I think the narrative that LeBron is a bad defender um, – may be fair for regular season basketball. However, in the postseason, if you are lining up Davis and LeBron defensively, and you can put three other good defenders around them. Uh, you know, I, I still think that there is a Celtics-Warriors-level defense in this team. I think LeBron is just so smart, uh, is so well-versed, well-studied, that uh, that just has to be the priority. And, and by the way, with Wes Matthews, to give him credit, what he was able to do defensively against Jason Tatum in the postseason this year, I thought was pretty, pretty impressive, especially considering his age. So I still think there's good basketball left in him. Obviously, there's the, the Darvin Ham connection. He was a Laker as well. I think he's somebody that makes sense. But Honestly, I don't think scoring is going to be the problem when the Lakers get to the postseason. I think LeBron is too smart. Davis is, uh, we've seen it before from him in the postseason. I think he can rise to the bright lights. Can you get guys around them that can buckle down, carry the load defensively in the regular season, and do the same in the postseason? That's got to be the key. Jordan, you said LeBron can get there defensively when he has to come playoff time. We know Anthony Davis went healthy can be one of the best defensive players in the league. In order to get the team where you're talking about defensively, 
Can Russell Westbrook be on the roster? Uh, honestly, I don't think he's a, a very good defensive player at all. I think he loses focus on that end and uh, often tries to be the hero on that end, which causes uh, things to slip. So I, I don't think he's part of that solution, but I also don't think you need to rush to a deal now. Uh, I think you can rehabilitate his value the first couple months of the season. And then once he's an expiring at the deadline, you ship him off to a team that's already out of it and has already given up on their season and, and try and get a piece or two. Then I would be reluctant to commit to trading that one draft pick the Lakers have remaining because, you know, uh, we've seen this before, right? If, three years down the line the lakers suck and that's that ends up being the number one pick of the draft that's that's a tough pill to swallow i think you have to find the right deal bringing a real asset to depart with that potential lottery pick all right well appreciate it jordan thank you for coming on here and joining us thanks guys when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so that's an interesting thought, that if the Lakers don't move Russell Westbrook this summer, they could still move him by the trade deadline if a deal pops up. So if they, that, I think, takes away some of the urgency, some, not all, but some of the urgency, if that's the way the Lakers are looking at this. The danger is, because the, the positive would be, if you get into the season and Russ looks better, then maybe you can get a little bit more in a trade. Or, conversely, you get into the season and some other teams that we aren't expecting to be bad suddenly are bad. They might then have incentive to free up cap room in the future, reset things, and an expiring contract like Russ could have more value than it does to them right now this summer when a lot of teams are looking at the roster and saying, yeah, we're probably a piece away. We can get there. So I think there are some variables here that suggest that bringing Russ into the season might not be the worst thing. However. If you do that and we get the Russell Westbrook from last year, you get that guy, you get high turnover Russ, you get shots off the back, the side of the backboard Russ and, and all of that kind of stuff. And you get clashes with the coaching staff and all that stuff. We just copy and paste last season onto this season. Then I don't think his value improves at all. I think the Lakers would still be in that situation and maybe even more so. They'd be under even more pressure. So it would be a gamble. Uh, if you decide to bring him into the season, and again, who knows? Maybe they keep him all year and just let that contract expire. But that dynamic is going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, Daniel, what, what do you think? Can Russ rehabilitate his value this season enough to where he's a more valuable trade chip at the trade deadline than he is right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's all going to come down to, like, can Darvin Ham get him to buy in the way that Frank Vogel couldn't, right? I mean, we know uh, that Frank Vogel and, and Russ didn't exactly see eye-to-eye last season. Uh, so, But w- what we don't know is how big of a factor that was in, in his struggles. Like, we know Darvin Ham has been saying that he's going to challenge Russ, you know, to be a great defender, which uh, we haven't seen in, in a very long time. Uh, you know, he said he's going to play a lot off the ball. So a lot of what's been said sounds a lot like what was going on last season, but the question just becomes, can Darvin Ham get Russell Westbrook to buy in? So uh, I'd, I'd probably lean towards no, if, if, you know, you're asking me. Um, but I mean, who knows? Like, I feel like once like this, let this past season was a very humbling season for Russell Westbrook. So maybe he's using this off season as a chance to, I don't know, like, you know, look in the mirror and see what he needs to improve on, how he needs to be better. Um, and if that's the case, then who knows? Maybe he'll come back with, with a better mindset, uh, you know, ready to, to you know, take on the role that he wasn't ready to take on last year. And, and it feels like last year he was, you know, dishing out blame to just about everyone but himself. So, uh, you know, hopefully he could take some accountability and, 
And if they do end up keeping him, obviously I think it's going to be, you know, a bit of a reduced role. So it'll come down to if he's willing to do that. And if he is, who knows? Maybe it could work. Maybe he could be, you know, the, the, the guy that the Lakers thought, he, you know, he could be where he's playing off the ball a lot, but he's screening and rolling with LeBron. He's attacking the basket. He's setting up, you know, his teammates as a playmaker. Um, not necessarily, you know, tr- you know, looking out for his own stats, trying to, uh, you know, just get a triple-double every game or whatever the case may be. So uh, it's obviously a huge question mark. Um, and I think if the Lakers do keep Russ, I definitely think, uh, you know, the trade deadline is something to look out for just because at that point, uh, you know, other teams aren't necessarily looking at what Russ could provide them on the floor. They're pretty much just looking at him as, a giant expiring contract where they could possibly get out of some of their long-term deals. And then they only have Russ for, you know, a half of the season or whatever, where they could, you know, even just send him home or buy him out at that point. Um, and, and not have to worry about dealing with it for a full year, as opposed to, uh, w- you know, what they would have to do if they trade for him this summer, welcoming, you know, welcoming him to their team and, and all that stuff. That's a good point. That's a good point that, other teams might not necessarily if even if Russ plays better this season, does that matter that much to a team that would trade him for him at the deadline, or would they look at him as just an expiring contract regardless? I think that probably is a, a good way to look at it um, as far as will Russ buy in? I mean he was at the press conference does it doesn't mean that doesn't mean that's what you're going to get in October or in January or February when you get to the dog days of the season doesn't mean that everything's going to be smooth sailing. But that's a good start. That's a good start as far as Russ being sorry, brought in. Sorry, just just to jump in real quick while while we're on that subject. While he was at the press conference uh, showing his support, someone so one of the reporters also asked a question about him potentially coming off the bench. And as soon as that question was asked, uh, he was he was you know on the side giggling and laughing. So uh, even though he was at the press conference, who knows what he's willing to bend to and like to what extent, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's an interesting point there. That that he uh, he was kind of laughing a little bit. Again, that's do we are we a hundred percent sure that's what he was in particular laughing at? It seems likely it's probably what he was laughing at. But again, until we get a direct statement from him, who knows? It could have been something. Maybe Austin Reeves said something hilarious. That's certainly that's possible, I suppose. Uh, joining us, we've got Armand. Armand, how are you? Doing good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. No problem. No problem. So what are, what are you thinking about the Lakers? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, um, I think I think we got to figure out a way to get get Russ off the team, man. I mean, he's he's all, as we just talked about, most of the team's getting older. He's getting older um, to to expect this drastic change in like mental maturity, because that was that was the biggest thing. I think Lakers fans riding with Russ. Um, but the fact that he was playing poorly and his attitude was bad um, and was blaming everybody the whole season and not willing to make adjustments. That's when people turned on him. So I, I'm not sure if Lakers faithful really wants him back. I think the Indiana move is really good for us because we needed shooting the season before last, before we got rest, that was what we needed to get fixed. We needed shooting. Our defense was still pretty good. We needed shooting and we didn't get that. We got somebody who, struggles with shooting um and obviously was having a hard time messing with lebron so i think trying to do the indiana trade i think would be really great for our best interest we get some defense back with malcolm brogdon and we get some shooting from buddy healed um and offload russ's contract um if that's not an option um and i know we're you know all concerned and trying to figure out what lebron's next move is but we got to do what's best for organization and i have a hot take I think we should consider if LeBron decides, even if he decides to sign the extension, I think we should consider trading him and see what pieces people are willing to give up to to get him. Because obviously, as we just said, he's a top three player. He's still playing great. He's phenomenal. But I think for the Lakers' future, so we're not you know stuck in the six seven year drought that we have been before he got here. I think it might be considered you know a, a potential idea. If we're the Lakers, you know, looking out for our best interest to trade him. Let me know your thoughts. All right. Well, Armand, thank you. We'll get into those thoughts. Appreciate you, you coming on here and joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it.
All right, guys, let's let's wrap up with that. I'll, uh, so two points to talk about there. Russell Westbrook and his relationship with, with Lakers fans, and then number two, potentially trading LeBron. So I'm just going to throw this out there to, to both of you guys. This has to be a consideration for the Lakers. Russell and Lakers fans, it, it, it did not get, go along well. It didn't get along last year. It was not a good thing. We saw his family having issues, and that's terrible. You never want to see that happening. Uh, you never want to see families getting involved or anything like that. I'm not saying that's a that's a positive thing, but there is contention between Lakers fans and Russell Westbrook. That's a thing. Winning cures all. If the Lakers believe that Darvin Ham can fix this and he can get on the floor and get an effective Russell Westbrook, that's a great story to tell. That's going to be – I think Lakers fans are more than ready to cheer for Russell Westbrook if he can help the Lakers win basketball games. But I think the Lakers have to consider this. What happens – if you get the exact same Russ as you got last season, what does that look like in terms of the relationship between Russell Westbrook and fans? Because I know there's frustration already out there on social media about the thought of bringing Russ back. And I think that's going to spill over into crypto.com arena staples center, as it used to be known as. So what do you guys think about that dynamic and how much do the Lakers have to consider that when they look at what they do with Russell Westbrook? Um, I, I guess I'll go first here. I, I think it's something, you know, you think about, but I don't think it's like you accept a lesser deal just to trade him because you know the fans don't want him back. I think, like you said, like, for Laker fans, it just it really just comes down to, like, how you play. Like, if you're playing well, um, you know, it, you know, Laker fans don't hold grudges against anyone. Like, we Laker fans welcome Dwight Howard back. And, I, you know, me personally, <laughs> growing up during that era when, you know, he, he – he came here the first time. I didn't ever expect myself to be welcoming Dwight Howard back. So if if Dwight Howard could turn, uh, you know, his graces around as far as Lakers fandom goes, you know, anyone can. So I definitely think, you know, like you said, if Russell Westbrook came back, accepted whatever roles given to him, competed on defense, I think Lakers fans would be willing to accept him. So in that sense, I don't think they necessarily should just accept any deal whatsoever just to get rid of him just because the fans don't want him back. But I do think like there's definitely some things that Russ needs to change. Like even in addition to his play, like if he does come back, like one other things that Laker fans, you know, respect a lot in my opinion is accountability. Like even if you're not necessarily playing that well, if you sit at the podium after the game and and take accountability for your poor play, you know, say you're going to put in the work, uh, you know, to, to be better. And then we see that progress throughout the course of the season. I think Lakers fans would be fine with that. But the problem with Russ, at least last season, was it was, it was very rare that we saw him sit up there and, and take accountability after a bad game or whatever the case might be. A lot of the time he tried to deflect blame to Frank Vogel, to literally anyone else except himself. So, um if we get that version of Russell Westbrook, I agree that it probably it could get ugly at the arena this upcoming season if the losses start piling up again. Um, but but I think at the end of the day, the front office needs to do what's best for the team and, and try to put the team in the best position to win. And I think the fans would respect that, whether that means keeping Russ because a deal you know wasn't good enough, or or getting rid of him for for you know some role players or whatever. Matt, your thoughts? If Russ gets brought back and you get the same season you got last season, what is that environment like at, at Crypto.com Arena? Uh, the environment's going to be toxic. <laughs> it already was toward the end of the year. Um, and I, I personally am not a fan of that. But it's kind of like what Daniel said. I feel like the fan reaction to Russell Westbrook isn't going to be the biggest motivator or driver for the Lakers to trade him. It's going to be his play. And if the fans are going to be that upset with him, it's probably because he's playing bad. So in my head, they're, they're both kind of, it's not really the fans don't like us. We have to trade him. It's more, he's just not a usable or useful guy anymore. So we have to trade him because we need pieces back, whatever we can get. Um, and like Daniel said too, you don't just dump them for the first deal you see. It's, you still want to get some sort of value out of it, which is why we keep harping on this idea of attach picks to get players back. I think you have to do it. So that, that's where yeah. we're at with Russ. I hope he's accountable next season. Darvin has been saying it a bunch. I can't imagine he would let Russ slide 
um, doing the same things or saying the same things he did last season under Frank Vogel. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that, that that's a good – like ultimately the play on the court is tied to it. I think Daniel brought up a great point with the Dwight Howard thing. Never, ever would have anticipated Lakers fans cheering for Dwight Howard and Dwight Howard becoming a fan favorite. And yet how long did it take for that to happen? When Dwight came back in, in 2019, like I, I want to say it was maybe a couple of games and Dwight was went from being the villain because of what he did, because of leaving in free agency and, and all of that. He went in, in the course of a few games, he was a fan favorite that people were losing their minds over. And now he's just, he's loved in Los Angeles when he hears all. And I think Dwight is a great example of that, Daniel. Um, the other thing that Armand mentioned was eventually trading LeBron James. Do we get to that point? Do we see, do you think the Lakers would ever cross that line and trade LeBron? Or do you think that LeBron is going to leave in free agency? That is the way that he exits the Lakers. It's not going to be a trade situation. And I'm not talking about necessarily this season. could be a few seasons from now. Can you see the Lakers ever actually trading him? No. Sorry, it's like the only answer I have, no. <laughs> um, unless LeBron comes out and says, hey, Jeannie, Rob, I'm unhappy, or I, I want to go somewhere else, trade me here. There's no way they trade him. There's just, it's the Lakers. They, they, they built their brand basically on star power and treating their stars right and you know, building a relationship and a, and a partnership with their superstars. So I can't imagine that they ever find a deal, trade LeBron without him, like him being relatively blindsided. You know what I mean? I I just feel like he's going to be a Laker until he decides he doesn't want to be. I'm in agreement with that. Daniel, is that where you're at? Or do you think the Lakers, I I think you can say, should they consider it? That's, that's one thing, but will they actually? Yeah, no, I'm in agreement with you guys. I don't think they will. And and just to kind of add on to that, I also don't think you want to, completely like burn the bridge with clutch just because you know they represent so like so many guys across the league they have so much power across the league that and what like if, if i'd say if lebron requests a trade and says trade me here uh that's a different story but if if lebron says like i'm committed to playing the final year of my contract i want to be with the lakers this season and then they turn around and trade him uh you know against his will i think that that could lead to uh you know, some, some burn bridges with clutch, which I don't think that's what you want. Uh, another fine point. Yeah. The relationship building is an important aspect of the NBA, an important aspect of how deals get done both in free agency and on the trademark. So good point there as well, Daniel. Let's wrap things up there though. Um, we've hit the, the hour mark. Appreciate you guys, Daniel, Matt. Thanks guys, both of you for, for coming on here and talking with us as well as all of our guests. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. And, uh, and again, I think as soon as the finals end, man, we're going to get into just a crazy amount of news and rumors and all of that. So, so both of you guys, I hope you're well rested because we are going to be we're going to be very busy over the next month or so. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having us on, Trevor. And, and like you said, uh, yeah, about a, a week from today is the draft, so things should, things should start to pick up then. Sorry, Daniel. I just realized the times I told you I'm off, I'm not going to be available for the draft. So yeah, um, it's. It's all right. <laughs> well, Shoot, if they trade for that. a second round pick, I think we could uh, handle it. Wait, wait, yeah, a team car there, Matt. <laughs> hey, man, I just need to get my break in before we get all this free agency madness in like two weeks. That's right. That's right. It is going to be. It is going to be madness for sure. Uh, Daniel, hope you hope you continue to feel better and uh, and do well also and uh, and uh, make a full recovery there. Appreciate it. Yeah, I apologize if my voice uh, sounds a little stuffy today. <laughs> oh, no, you sound so good, Daniel. Don't oh, thank up. you. Thank you, Matt. Welcome. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you do follow all the Lakers Nation accounts at Lakers Nation Official on Instagram, at Lakers Nation on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, head over to LakersNation.com for all your breaking Lakers news. We've got, of course, new Lakers videos coming out every day over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. All kinds of stuff. And did you know there's a Lakers Nation TikTok account now? Yeah. What? Go check it out. Yeah, go check us out over
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.